0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that takes aim at history seven days a week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're talking about a celebrated markswoman known far and wide for her skills with a rifle little sure-shot herself, Miss Annie Oakley. The day was March 5th, 1922. At the Pinehurst Gun Club in North Carolina, a famous sharpshooter named Annie Oakley set a new record for women's trap shooting. At 62 years old, it was a late career highlight for a woman who had been considered one of the world's greatest shooters for nearly 50 years. Phoebe Ann Moses was born in a cabin in Dark County, Ohio, back in 1860. She was the fifth child of Susan and Jacob Moses, and her four older sisters quickly took to calling her Annie. After two more children were born, Jacob Moses passed away from pneumonia during a blizzard. Susan remarried, but her second husband also passed away, after the birth of her eighth child. To help the family survive, a seven-year-old Annie started trapping quail and other animals for food. A year later, she made her first shot with a gun when she killed a squirrel for dinner just outside her house in Greenville, Ohio. Her mother was understandably mortified when she learned that her eight-year-old daughter had fired a loaded rifle without her knowledge, but the squirrel did not go to waste. Annie later said that after her first shot, she was forbidden to touch the family rifle for eight months. From then on, though, the young girl hunted in the woods of Ohio and sold her kills to a local grocery store that supplied hotels and restaurants with meat in Cincinnati, The money she earned was a lifeline for her impoverished family, and they were even able to pay off the $200 mortgage on their cabin. When Annie was 15 years old, a hotel operator who was familiar with her skill suggested she enter a shooting contest in Cincinnati. Her challenger would be a traveling professional sharpshooter named Frank Butler. He toured the country offering a $100 prize to any local marksman who could shoot more clay pigeons than him. Annie was nervous to take on such a renowned shooter, not only because of her youth, but because she was a girl. After all, target shooting was a predominantly male sport. But in the end, she agreed to the match anyway, and on Thanksgiving Day in 1875, she came to win. Frank Butler reportedly laughed when he first saw his opponent. He then proceeded to shoot an impressive 24 out of 25 targets, presumably still laughing. Then, Annie hit all 25 targets, and that shut him up. To be fair, though, Butler took the loss in stride. He didn't throw a fit over losing to a teenage girl. Instead, he fell in love with her. The two got married the following year, and they stayed together for the rest of their lives, eventually dying just three weeks apart. Shortly after the wedding, Annie took the stage name Oakley, allegedly after a neighborhood in Cincinnati near her home. She and her husband performed at vaudeville shows and circuses around America. Originally, Annie was Butler's assistant but they later switched roles when it became apparent that a five-foot-tall female sharpshooter was a much bigger draw than he was. As you may be aware, the Broadway musical Annie Get Your Gun was loosely based on the life of Annie Oakley. There are a lot of similarities, but one big difference is that Oakley wasn't really a tomboy like she's portrayed in the show. She liked emphasizing her femininity and typically wore her own homemade costumes on stage she reportedly had a real knack for embroidery. The husband and wife duo continued touring for the better part of the next decade, establishing a wide and diverse fan base in the process. One notable admirer was Sitting Bull, the Lakota Sioux leader who defeated General Custer at the Battle of Little Bighorn. 8 years after that victory, Sitting Bull attended one of Annie's exhibitions in St. Paul, Minnesota and he was amazed by her marksmanship. In fact, he was so impressed that he later sent $65 to her hotel, hoping to buy an autographed photo. Annie was flattered and decided to do the chief one better. As she later recounted, I sent him back his money and a photograph with my love and a message to say I would call the following morning. The old man was so pleased with me, he insisted upon adopting me and I was then and there christened "Witania Cecilia, or Little Sure Shot. That nickname would stick with her for the rest of her life, and her friendship with Sitting Bull would also continue. A year later, in 1885, Annie Oakley joined Buffalo Bill's Wild West Show, a famous traveling outdoor show that celebrated life in the American West. Annie was involved with the show pretty much from its start, and according to her, the audition process was a breeze. She later said, quote, I went right in and did my best before 17,000 people and was engaged in 15 minutes. Later that year, Annie and Sitting Bull reunited when he joined the Wild West show for a four-month stint. They became even closer friends during that time, with Annie later writing, quote, He is a dear, faithful old friend, and I've great respect and affection for him. Annie Oakley reached the peak of her fame during her 17 years of touring with the Wild West show. She was so popular that she was given top billing as Miss Annie Oakley, the peerless lady wing shot. Her husband, Frank Butler, continued to perform alongside her as her assistant. For instance, one popular stunt involved Annie shooting a dime out of Butler's outstretched hand or a cigarette from his lips. Some of her other feats included using a mirror to shoot a target behind her, and shooting a playing card from 90 feet away. In the latter trick, Butler would toss the playing card up into the air, and Annie would shoot it five times or more before it hit the ground. That popular display eventually led to the use of Annie Oakley as a slang term for a free ticket to an event. Why? because in those days, free admission tickets had holes punched in them to keep the ticket seller from selling them to someone else. To this day, some people still refer to complimentary tickets as Annie Oakley's, whether they have holes punched in them or not. Annie and her husband traveled all over the U.S. with Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, but they also followed it to Europe on occasion. For example, in 1887, They performed in London for Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee, and three years later, they performed in Berlin for Kaiser Wilhelm II, the last German emperor and king of Prussia. Allegedly, the Kaiser even volunteered to be in the show, resulting in Annie shooting a cigarette out of his hand, a brave move on both their parts. After returning to the States, Annie and Butler continued touring, although with less frequency. After a train wreck in 1901 injured Annie's back, the couple decided to hang up their rifles for a while and take it easy. Fifteen years later, they moved to Pinehurst, North Carolina, where they joined the staff of the Carolina Hotel and the Pinehurst Gun Club. There, Annie gave shooting lessons and exhibitions twice a week. It was during one of those demonstrations, on March 5, 1922, that Annie broke all existing records for women's trap shooting. If you're unfamiliar with the term, trap shooting refers to a kind of competitive target shooting. It was originally developed as a way for bird hunters to practice without the need for live birds. This is why the clay disc targets are sometimes called clay pigeons. A close cousin of skeet shooting, trap shooting is set apart by its use of a single trap or machine, to launch the targets. In skeet shooting, targets are launched from two machines, one on the left and one on the right, and then the targets intersect in front of the shooter. However, in trap shooting, a single target is launched forward, away from the shooter, and is meant to be hit as it rises into the air. At the trap shooting demonstration on March 5th, Annie Oakley hit 98 out of 100 clay targets from a distance of 16 yards, or 14 and half meters. She reportedly hit the first 50 with no problem at all, but then missed the 51st and 67th targets, before finishing strong with another 33 consecutive hits. It's worth noting that some sources claim Annie hit all 100 targets that day. But whether it was 98 or the full 100, it was better than any woman had ever done in the history of the sport which was a little over a century old at that point. Annie was clearly still at the top of her game in her early 60s, and after that performance, many expected her to make a comeback and maybe even announce a new tour. Unfortunately, that wasn't meant to be, as later that summer, she and her husband were in a serious car crash in Florida. Annie fractured her hip and ankle and had to wear a leg brace for the next four years. In 1926, she and her husband moved back to Ohio, and on November 3rd that year, Annie passed away from pernicious anemia at the age of 66. Frank Butler died 18 days later, and the couple was buried together in the Moses family plot. Not everyone is a fan of guns like Annie Oakley was, but it's hard not to be impressed by someone who honed a skill out of necessity and then turned it into a lifelong career that entertained hundreds of thousands of people. There's also something to be said for Annie's advocacy. To be clear, she wasn't a suffragette. She actually said at one point that it would be fine with her if, quote, only the good women voted. But Annie Oakley did campaign for equal pay, for equal work, throughout her lifetime. And she was a vocal supporter of women participating in traditionally male-dominated fields, such as sports and the military. Thanks to her, future generations grew up knowing that women could be a crack shot with a rifle just as well or even better than a man. Hopefully though, those girls waited until they were a little older than eight to find that out for themselves. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks, as always, to Chandler Mays for producing the show. And a special thanks to Joey Pat, our guest editor for this episode. And of course, thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.